This is uh, Tony Silva. And Charles Wiz. And this is episode 37, uh, Two Teachers Talking, where Charles and I get together and uh, talk about uh, teaching English in Japan, uh, what works, what doesn't, and uh, all kinds of other things related to teaching. Uh, today, we're following up from a few weeks ago, where we talked a little bit about uh, getting information to our students and having our students get information or work uh, to us uh, digitally, online. And uh, after talking about it a little bit, we thought, well, maybe we need to step back a little bit and deal with some basics. And because it's Charles, you and I, we, you know, we're, you know, entrenched. Speak for yourself. Stuff. Speak for yourself. <laughs> and, and we fight. Well, I'm not saying that we're experts, but we certainly are <laughs> fighting with this stuff every day. And uh, a lot of stuff becomes very familiar to us. And maybe think about some people for whom this is still kind of new stuff. It's a good point. It's always true when using technology, for example, in the classroom and finding out that some students really are not that familiar with using things. So as Tony mentioned, we're going to kind of go kind of go back to basics a little bit, yeah. explain some of the basic concepts. And I think that'll be helpful for us to explain those ideas and get some clarity in our head. Yeah, because we had uh, from uh, one of the one of the listeners, we got some some questions, and well, his questions were not low level at all. Uh, he was, uh, <laughs> I mean, but he was he was in a situation that many of us are in, where you know he's at a certain level and he's trying to get his school up to speed, up to par, and you know the best way to do that. And well, we couldn't help him much <laughs> with that because we're struggling with the same kinds of things, uh, but. Uh, in, in thinking about his environment and thinking other people that might be in that environment, that this might be a good a good way to uh, tackle that, maybe. You know, shed some right. light on some of the ignorance out there. All right, shed some light on our ignorance. <laughs> but, yeah, going over some of the basics, um, so of how to use technology in the classroom, ranging from how even to get something up on a website or get your own website or using servers and what's the difference i think between a server and a host so we're going to go through all these things today and hopefully make life easier for people out there but yeah and even like we you know talked about what like what we, you know our perspective she's like even something as simple as getting a, a file online what's a file that's that yeah that's that's not a <laughs> that's not a it's, it sounds like a stupid question but it's actually not <laughs> it, it's a it's actually a big thing right a file for yeah, a lot of people that's a that's a big challenge and uh yeah and yeah well we'll, we'll talk about it but interesting to, to start off with though the first thing is that i noticed it was kind of interesting we last our last show we talked about um beginning the semester and uh, began my classes with a uh, with a new crew at, at one of the the universities, and in these three classes, this was the first time. Um, and I don't know if it was just my own <laughs> lack <Brilliance>. of preparation <laughs> or awareness, or just forgetting where I was and what I was doing. But in the uh, setup and the introduction of the class, I talked about what we would be doing and just nonchalantly uh, mentioned all these uh, things that we I would be doing and that they would be doing that involved communicating online and submitting work online, et cetera, et cetera. And for the first time, not a single student balked. Mm. There was, you know, might've been internal. And there was like, Oh geez, I'm not sure I can do that. But, it was the first time there wasn't one of these eh! <laughs> moments. We're like, oh, I can't use a computer. I don't have a computer. I don't do I don't know. I'm not good. I didn't have any of that. And Maybe the students have been communicating to each other and said, whatever you do, if you take sen Silva Sensei's <laughs> class when he talks about computers, don't go, eh, because a big, sharp object will be thrown directly <laughs> at your head, right? That's entirely okay. possible. <laughs> Both the fact that the students are talking and that you would throw the object. But seriously, um, so there was none of that shock or surprise, kind no. of like, okay, this is normal. Yeah, they're catching up, which was it was really nice. Was and really we had nice. mentioned that before in the previous episode for those people who are not in Japan that the image of Japan being very technologically superior and advanced to Japan when it comes to PCs is not true. 
with our students. Yeah. So the idea that students can or will be using PCs in class, okay. They're okay. Like, okay, we can do that now. It's not such a big deal. Yeah. Okay. So the students are ready. Now, teachers. (laughs) So, Charles, this thing, it's like, like, yeah, something as easy as getting a file online. Okay. What the hell? (laughs) How do you Uh, do that? (laughs) uh, Okay, well, there's... Actually, there's an imp- kind of a need to really break it down a little more, which is that the idea of you're sending basically a data packet, <laughs> right? A bunch of zeros and ones, which is really what the file is. It's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. So the first thing one has to do is there's the difference between files and folders, Okay, and that a folder simply is a collection of files for um, other. A folder is a collection of files for multiple packets. And um, would you agree on that, Tony? I mean, that we need to distinguish between a file and a folder, or am I just meandering and babbling here? I, I think we do. Uh, you you're, you're certainly are marking yourself as old school. And. Uh, because it, as I you as I did grew up and and came of the digital age in an era where the hierarchical file system basically redefined our universe, and we still see things in terms of files and folders, and it's absolutely a, a very useful way of looking at things. Um, it makes life much much easier, and so in, in that sense, I'll say yes. It's very important to understand the difference between files and folders, um, even though certainly the trend these days is to move completely away from that, making that totally invisible to the user. And there will be a lot of times when um, that might not be necessary, but I will totally agree with you on this, that yes, um, it's going to make your life way, way easier if you understand that basic difference. It, it's almost essential. Yeah, and the part of the problem is, especially if you're working cross-platform, it used to be that um, Windows would put in extra information into the folder. Do you remember that when on your Mac? Oh, yeah. That yeah. You'd have an extra file that you had no idea. Well, both ways. Does it work? Yeah. So, mm. uh, But it's invisible, I think, from the Mac side, right? It's invisible on a Mac, but if you open it up with a PC, you'll also you'll see, see these uh, yeah. other artifacts. Because, okay. well, the system was different, and you had the, right. the, the, okay. the icon... Data was separated out, and oh, right. the good data forks. Yeah, the good old days. Mm. A data fork. Then that has nothing to do with your dinner meal. But, <laughs> um, and we won't. We'll try to avoid jargon here. So yeah, that's a file no is basically just a a collection of zeros and ones that is united into a certain kind of uh, grouping, and that's dependent on right the the software you're using. So if you're using Microsoft Word, it's sending that data up and then formatting it with in a certain way so that it can be read by a program. And that's why you see the at the end the docx for example or doc or etc. txt. So those are just uh ways for naming files. So what Yeah, you and this it, yeah, and this and this file Please. could be this this word which you would recognize as a word document. Right. Or, or a spreadsheet. A PDF. Or right. a spreadsheet. Or even an MP3. These are all files which, to the computer, for the, for purposes of getting it up there, is the same thing. These are all just files. They're, they're, they're generic. They're the same. Right. So we're taking... Right. There's, there's no difference. They're just still a file. So right. what you're doing is you're taking something from your computer and via the internet you're sending it somewhere now that could be that you could be sending it to somebody else that's when we do the um, when you attach a file to email right which is basically just kind of um the best way to put it is like taping a coin to a postcard <laughs> there you go it's a good right? analogy and that somebody can just peel the coin off later so what we're talking about though is let's say you're a teacher and you want to put your let's the easiest best simple example would be you want to put your syllabus online somewhere and that's a file that you have to send somewhere and i think this is where we get to the next point is where is the somewhere you're sending it and that can yeah that can vary and for some schools the school will have places where you can send a file 
but then it gets a little bit different. So what I think happens here, Tony, is we have to kind of backtrack a little bit and talk about, you know, how things are actually stored in the the netherworld of the internet, right? Okay, yeah. Is that some schools, and you'll hear the word, the server. <laughs> yes, almighty master, the server is down or the server is up. <laughs> and why don't we go through and explain um, that part? There's Because it's kind of like, what is it? It's the client host is the technical term, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and hosting and... Yeah, and to make it even to make it even more even simpler, what you're doing is you're just taking this file and you're taking it from your computer and you're putting it on another computer somewhere else in the world. And you're giving this file sitting on that computer uh, a unique address. It's got a number that identifies it. And if that and you're putting it on a computer that is has it access everybody has access to anybody who is in, on the internet can access that file so it's okay, just sitting me, there on a computer let me just let me interrupt here too and what we mean by that right is that the only difference between your computer at home or in your office and the server computer is that people have access to it <laughs> we hope so <laughs> <laughs> I really hope oh, no, no one actually, has, I mean, the world doesn't have access to my computer. Well, we've been reading. I mean, that's our, that's, I mean, our, that's, that's, that's the ideal, the, right? Well, that's the whole point of uh, the Snowden revelations, but that's a whole other um, discussion there. But the idea basically is, is that there is a computer, and it's either offered by the school or, for example, it's offered by companies or services that is a computer that is either rented or bought, owned, etc., and it allows people to go into that computer somehow, and usually via a website, and then pull things off. So right. That's, that's its, really that's its reason. That's its reason for existence. It sits there, and it hosts these files, and it serves these files. Hence, host and server. Um, yeah, it just holds these things there, and it waits for people to come and get it. And uh, when you click on uh, a YouTube video, what you're actually doing is going to one of these computers and that file that video file is sitting there on that computer and it clicks it's like oh okay uh marion kyoto wants to see this video here it goes and it, and it serves it, it and you watch the video and you're just connecting to that file that's sitting there on that computer and so the question then becomes right how do you get things up to a computer yeah yeah so and like for do... example like your syllabus or something to, you know still go with the syllabus right so you want to put your syllabus out there somewhere so that students are able to click on something or put in a, an address and don't and have to that... ask me what we're doing next week right <laughs> or what did we do last week right that's a, okay. <laughs> the goal is to eliminate that kind of in class right and a lot of, of again a lot of universities are hosting uh, and being servers for teachers so that right. they give the teachers some place. But if you don't have that server, Tony, that might be a way we might want to attack the issue, right, is to say, okay, so let's go to the general. What do you do if you want to put some files up, which is simply, again, a matter of just electronically sending the file um, and do we want to get into the technicalities of FTP? Well, we'll, we'll mention it at the end because that's what I do. Man, it's the hard way. And let, right. let's 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 do the two couple. Of, it, let's it go two be... easy ways. Okay, free I'm ways in favor of the easy way. So uh, I think for someone who's already like kind of getting butterflies in their stomach, these talk about hosts and servers and <laughs> stuff like that. And why am I listening to this podcast? Yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> there, there's two. There's two easy free at least two easy free ways to do this um, one is uh, our friends at dropbox and uh, dropbox is a service free up to a certain point and they offer premium service that you can pay for later on but they're pretty generous with storage and services five gig i think is yeah and and by the way for people who are interested in dropbox we still do have some free storage from uh from dropbox we've got some uh what were the certificates freebies um 
Let me say that. I don't know. We've got uh, we've got numbers. We've got serial numbers for you. So if uh, you are interested in increasing your Dropbox size, we ha- drop us an email and we will uh, turn you on to some extra free storage. But Dropbox is one way, and so it it's useful. Okay, Dropbox for... is part of what's called the cloud or cloud services. It's a, so it's let's a com- define it, that. It's a computer that's sitting out there that people can access on the internet. Some of that is going to be private, and only you can access. And it's very useful in that sense for backups of critical information. So, for example, you've got some critical documents like your will, for example, or the exam that you're giving next week. Uh, keeping a copy on Dropbox not only gives you a permanent copy, but you, with your password, uh, will be able to access that from any computer. So if you what you're doing with Dropbox is that... It looks like a folder on your computer. Right. And when you put anything into that folder, it's yeah. actually in on your computer. It's in the folder on your computer. But it also automatically sends a copy of that file to... Another computer. Dropbox computer somewhere yeah. in, in the, the world. world. And it's stored there. Two. And anytime you make a change, it updates it. Magically. So your file looks is actually locally on your computer by the way that's the term when people say local right right and then it's also sent to one of the dropbox computers that saves it for you and you can get to that okay so you can also set that to share that's where i think you were going right and that's right? exactly where i'm going so yes in, in with with this dropbox service you've got a another folder within the folder and this is a public folder so Anything that you want to share with other people, like this file, like this syllabus for the class, you put it into that folder. And it, like the other files, gets magically stored on this other computer. And just by um, right-clicking or control-clicking or alt-clicking, whatever, you get a address for that file. And if you give that address to anybody those people will be able to access that file. So you put your syllabus in the Dropbox public folder, you get the address for that file, and you give that address to your students. So, for example, you email it to your students. Or write it on the board. Or use it as a dictation lesson. (laughs) And then double-check to make sure that you have 100% compliance. (laughs) Yeah, just dictate it. Because these addresses come out as like 1CLDR4GHT. They're 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 pretty terrible, right? They're pretty terrible. Okay. And um, then they can access that. Okay, how do they access it then? So you... You just go to to any web browser, Explorer, Firefox, Chrome, Safari. You type it in, bam, and then it takes you to that file depending on the file and depending on how the person's computer is set up it'll either download the file like if it's a word document or if it it'll just completely download just wherever those files go on that person's computer if it's a pdf it might download it it might display it if it's an mp3 it might play it it might download it uh but however you know the person has access to it what they do with it is up to them. Uh, and that's the simplest way because you don't really need anything else. There's another service that's uh, uh, almost the same, exactly the same, some small differences called Sugar Sync. Right. But Sugar Sync is, I think, for a little bit more technically adept people. It's a little it's more a, confusing. Yeah. The beauty of Dropbox is its simplicity. It's very, very simple. Right. It's um, it's simple. It's clean. It's easy to use. And it's got a lot of other fun stuff with it too. I mean, we're we're just talking about getting files. We're just online, talking about the series. Getting the file stuff. online to your students, right? <laughs> Let your students okay. get to your file. So right. the, the, either SugarSync or Dropbox, dead easy. Right. The uh, Dro- another yeah another the, one. Oh, go ahead. I was just going to say, though, that the big difference between SugarSync and Dropbox is that SugarSync lets you, um, whereas Dropbox creates one folder, and everything goes into that folder, gets synced with Dropbox, SugarSync actually allows you to designate which folders on your computer will actually do the synchronization in the cloud. But again, in terms of ease of use, I don't think you can compare the two. 
I mean, Dropbox really just works. Mm-hmm. Don't you yeah. think? It's, 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 what you said before sink, was just right. even starting to use SugarSync, I have to read things a little more yeah, carefully. Yeah. Same here. That's why I don't use it so much. Right. I mean, I have it, but I don't use it so much. And yes, you, what you said before was 100% right on. The beauty of Dropbox is in its simplicity. It's, yeah. a, it's a wonderful thing. Right. The best way to put it, too, is the people who work at Dropbox probably could have worked at Apple. Yep. They yep. have that same attitude of ease of use, simplicity, and SugarSync, I think, was more, you could tell, is more a bunch of geeks kind of getting together and saying, you know, let's really create something really that we can adjust and tweak to really work you know, hyper-efficiently. Yeah, the guys at SugarSync made it for themselves. The guys at Dropbox made yeah, no, it's made it by for engineers, the rest of right? us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Dropbox is made by designers and SugarSync kind of. But it, but it's not to say that Sugar SugarSync's incredibly useful. I use both. But I use them for very, very different purposes. Mm. And um, but if SugarSync, I think gives you five gig for free, which yes. is nice. And yes. Dropbox gives you two point five. But so the point of it is, is you automatically are getting like seven gig for free of cloud service. Okay. So, but Dropbox is drop dead easy. Okay. The other, the other very different approach is uh, Google Docs, which is now Google Drive. Yes, and which is which makes it much more like Dropbox and SugarSync, mm-hmm. and uh, Google Drive is as it it implies Drive like hard drive, and like we just explained with Dropbox is basically a storage space on Google's computers, and it's the same kind of thing where you can um, actually with Google Docs create within Google. A document, like a, a text type file, like a word file, word like file, or a spreadsheet, and but with, with the same the same way, get the location, get the web address, give that web address to your students, and they can go online and get that document. And again, a little bit more difficult to use, I think. A little bit more than Dropbox, not much, but mm. it's kind of like an all-in-one package. Whereas yeah. Dropbox, you if you wanted to make your syllabus, let's say, you'd first write it using a word processor, save it, and put it into Dropbox. Whereas with Google Drive, there's actually a word processing, online word processing application. There's right. a spreadsheet, et cetera. So, but everything is online usually. I mean, there's some offline stuff. It's, it's so, designed as an online service for you creating everything online. There's nothing to say that you couldn't, for example, do your syllabus in Word, copy it, and then paste it into one of the into the Google Word same processor. Same thing again, right? But the idea it's is it's an that, extra step, right? It's kind of an all-in-one packet. So it's like combining the Dropbox with your Microsoft Office or your LibreOffice suite, right? Okay. So there's Google Drive, right? We've covered that. So these all, again, basically just mean that your file is residing on somebody's computer somewhere and that you are able to give access to people by giving them an address. I think the same thing as Google Drive and with um, SugarSync. You give the address of that file and then people access it, correct? Correct. Okay. So that's using somebody else's computer in just a simple way of that's file sharing. Correct. And, and, and it's they're... pretty easy to upload, right? I mean, yeah, Dropbox is the pretty... easiest. Dropbox is far by far you the easiest. You just put it in the Dropbox folder and it automatically goes up. And then you've got SugarSync which you can do the same thing but you there's more options, uh, maybe overwhelming options and you know, it, it's Easier to kind of get sidetracked. Right. And in Google Drive, if you want to send something from your computer to Google Drive, you actually have to go somewhere and click Upload File. Right. And then browse to the file using, which is reasonably easy. Most people do that. And then click Upload this file. So in terms of ease of use, again, I think Dropbox is uh, the sheer winner. Yeah, In terms of so. versatility, right, and being able to do everything in one, like in a one-stop location, Google Drive has everything you need. And if you're not interested in Google Drive, but you want to be able to tweak things a little more than Dropbox, you go to SugarSync. Right. Okay. 
And, and uh, mention just in passing, though I don't think either you nor I would recommend this, uh, either of these routes. Windows. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That, Is that um, what you mean? Sorry. I, I'm going. That's where I'm going. I'm going that both Microsoft and Apple uh, do offer kinds of sharing services and functions as part of their operating systems. I can't think of any real reason to use either one. Yes. Yeah, that's I think in this sense both Apple and Microsoft are dead even. Hmm. In terms of their implementation, it's just not if you don't have yet. an iPhone and you're not connecting your photos, don't do not use it for document saving. If you have Dropbox, it's just, well, that's certainly not for sharing. I mean, for your own stuff, whatever. It's fine. It's automatic. Yeah, it's great. Your music or your movies or your photos. Yeah, I think but, right. But for sharing, no. You no. want to go with something simple and universal. Yeah. Dropbox, yeah. Sugar Sync, and yeah. Google Drive. Yeah, and again, it's if it sounds like we're really pushing Dropbox, is that the best way to say it is after I've suggested it to people and they start using it, everybody continues to use it. Just out of, it's just ease of use, it's just brilliant. And so I can't emphasize that enough, but the Microsoft, you're right. Mike, what is it? It's Sky something, SkyCloud? SkyDrive. SkyDrive? Microsoft SkyDrive, and mm. with Apple, it's iCloud. Mm. And these, neither of these, I think, well, I don't use them for mm, Works in progress, no. I, I actually have had some students submitting work using the Microsoft SkyDrive thing. SkyDrive thing. And it's okay. Yeah. It, yeah. 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 There's another one called Box. But Don't Box is more of a backup because it doesn't keep yeah. a a file on your computer. Hmm. And again, just for people who have not used these kinds of services, the idea that I mean, Google Drive also leaves the file on your computer. The idea that Google Drive, Dropbox, and SugarSync, what they do is that you always have access to your files because they're on your computer and in the cloud at the same time. So make sure that when you decide which service you're going to use, if it provides that, because that might be something you want or it might be something you don't want. Right? Whereas exactly, yeah. Some people are very concerned about security, very... I'm not, I'm not going to use the word paranoid, but some people are really paranoid. Who, me? <laughs> are you talking about me? About data Who security about? and things. And, um, yeah, with with these services, you know, when you put something on any of these services, yes, you're in, the information that you're putting there is sitting there on another computer. And people with enough determination and skill and resources will be able to get it. As if, just as if they were sitting at your computer, in your room at your desk, right? But the nice thing is, is you can password protect your documents, and it does work on Dropbox. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, it's all, it's all, protected. it's so all password protected. If you're concerned but... about security, no, Dropbox is password protected. But you can upload, for example, an Excel spreadsheet and password protect it, and it stays that way. Yes, it does. So that's what is yeah, yeah. So that's just an additional thing, especially if you're keeping student grades. Some schools might be a little hesitant about that. Hmm. So you password protect it. And also, by the way, this is a good time to talk about the importance of making good passwords. Okay. Right. Which is you have to come up with some <laughs> password that just can't be guessed normally. Um, and I think whenever there are these break-ins to, for example, Adobe just had a 2.9 million user IDs and passwords were hacked out. Did you hear about this? Yeah, but in a, in a case like that, it doesn't matter how good your password is if someone hacks into their right. <laughs> system and takes it. Right. <laughs> but what's interesting is every time this happens... Some people will do an analysis of this, and you find out that something like 50% of the people use passwords like 1234 mm. or ASDF, something like this. Mm. So just remember, a password that's about eight or nine characters long is much more difficult to hack. Yes, yeah, what it's you just, want is password length, uh, uppercase, 
if lowercase lowercase and some numbers and symbols and 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 words that are not in the dictionary right or or, a, or intentionally misspelled no no you can't do words in the dictionary right that's always a big mistake the fame i think um but you know once it took me a while to figure out why do people say that you should have uppercase lowercase numbers and symbols and then i just realized it's the same reason symbols are just uppercase numbers <laughs> so finally i understood how that worked but Think about your passwords. We could talk about this, I think, some other time about ways yeah. to make passwords. Security but, in general. But just in general, just remember that your file is being stored off your computer. And you want to be careful about that. Okay, so we've talked that the easiest way to get your files up is through these cloud services like Dropbox, SugarSync, or Google Drive. What if you want a little bit more control, Tony? Okay, the hard What's the way. next step? Okay. Uh, yeah, the painful hard way that requires more work and will make you sweat and curse on the weekends. Is... It's gotten it's got well, it's gotten much better, or maybe I've just learned it finally. But um the next step up, and it's a big step up, is actually host doing making your own web page. A dedicated web page for your students. And uh what you need in this case is um a company to charles talked about the host before you need a hosting service you need to pay somebody to keep and hold your files online and you need to to pay for that storage so what you've got there is not just your files that you want to share but the front page you know the home page the web page, whatever it is. So you've got that, and that is yours. And usually with that, you get a certain amount of storage space. And uh, and you get folders and subfolders where you can store things. Now, these might be just things that you want to keep for yourself, but more often what you use it for is the files that you want to share with other people. So in that case, you would have this host, hosting service. You're renting space on their computer, not unlike Dropbox, not like unlike SugarSync, except that there you're using their services. Here you're paying the host, and you're creating your own. And so you create a web page, and you organize it any way that you want with your different classes and maybe a list of the classes and then under each class or a different page for each class with the files that they'll have access to. You have the web page itself. You have whatever kind of organization you want in terms of folders and subfolders and then the files that you want to share with people. Uh, You put the file there and you create a link on your web page to that file so that when your students, they go to Mary Sensei's page and goes to their uh, reading and writing class and uh, it's November 1st and there's the file and there's the homework assignment, bam, bam, they download the files and they've got it. Uh, That's a, a lot more work. I mean, you need to, of course, find a good host. You need to create the web page and you need to maintain the files, upload the fi- new files as they as you create them, uh, modify the web page to include that new information with the new links. It's a big step up, and it's a lot of work. But you've got total control. You got control about how it works. Uh, usually, the host will also will also allow you to uh, uh, will provide for you certain kind of data in terms of like how many times the file's been accessed, how many visitors there are to the page and things, so you can monitor your students a little bit more carefully. But big step up, lots of work. Compared to Dropbox. using Dropbox. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 it, it's exponential. It's not just two times. But on the other hand, it does give you a lot more in the sense of you create um, a web page. And it's, I guess, again, just to reemphasize this for people who are not so te- technically knowledgeable about it. Really, again, all you're doing is putting a set of files somewhere on somebody else's computer that is accessible to the public. But one thing, I don't know, if, 
if it makes any sense or it's maybe adding too much. Some people might say, look, I want to make a website, but I only want it for my students. I don't want anybody being able to get into it. And it is possible to password protect the website. Sure. And so that you can give out that password to people who you want to be able to access website, which a lot of people do for like family websites, I think. Sure. Photos. Like a lot of times you don't want the world to see. You want the photos to be out there for the whole family to see, but you don't want anybody to see them. Okay. So now when you want, let's say you want to do this, right, Tony? You say, okay, Dropbox is not enough. I want to be able to like maybe put my course schedule up so students can see what we're doing, or I want to post information to the students about upcoming events, or oh, you, you see a really good um, article on the internet and you want to share it with your students, but you don't want to email them. Right. Okay, that's another reason why having your own website is useful. You just tell the students, check the website every week, and that's helpful. If you want, a, if you want an example, I mean, you know, I'll invite you, you can take a look at what I've done, what I made for my students. Uh, it's uh, TonySensei.net. Okay. And, and mine is CharlesWiz.com. Okay. Yeah, take a look at those two and see what we've done, see what we use for our students. Um, mine and is, mine a, is still a work in progress, by the way. <laughs> well, that's all, well, that's, well, that's the other thing about web pages. It's always going to be a work in progress. You're never done. You're never yeah, just finished. get it up, it's, by the way. You have to just get it up, even if it doesn't and, look good. And, and then you realize what you did wrong. You, but you won't know what you did wrong until you get it up. It's it's a, really a kind of a catch-22. Mm. But here's one of the secrets, really, is, is keep it clean, keep it easy to use. And we'll come back to that a little later Simple. when we start discussing simplicity, simplicity. other things, right? Mm. Okay, so um, how much do you pay for your hosting, Tony? I don't know. Okay, I th- I think because because it's complicated because we're going to need to explain something um, else. <laughs> so I, I have uh, a company that hosts my web page, all my web pages. They keep it. They it's I'm I'm renting the space on their hard drives, on their computers, and that's where my stuff sits. And when someone when a student wants to go look and see what's there. They are looking at the file that's on that computer. They're not looking at what I have on, my, on mine. So if I go to TonySensei.net, right, I type in that address. Yeah, you're probably looking at something in Washington or in California. Okay, so maybe it's a good time to address that. Right. So The difference uh, between a host and yes. a web page address or a website address. Right. So... Th- as I said, when you put the file on Dropbox, you put the file on um, uh, SugarSync, or I put this file or my web page on these other computers, it gets a unique numerical address, and it's called an IP address, Internet Protocol. Uh, it's an IP address, and it's a unique number. It's separated by three periods. It's got four parts. Uh, it'll be... You know, ninety five dot one sixty three dot forty five dot one ninety two. Every file has a unique address, and yes, they are running out of them, <laughs> and they're working on the next version, IPv six. Anyway, but as you know, when you look at a web page, you don't type. You've never typed in these. You, I guess they never, but you almost never type in numbers like that into a web page. I mean, into a browser to look for a file. You never do. You, what, you say, Char, was it charleswiz.com? Right. At tonysensei.net? What is happening there is that you have to pay for the storage space. And you can, very often it's the same company, but some people use a different company where you get, you buy, slash rent, lease, a domain name. And that's the charleswiz.com or the tonysensei.net. Right. And so you buy that name, name and it becomes part of you know, the analogy that people usually use is like the internet telephone book. And what it does is when you type in charleswiz.com, your computer 
through your provider goes to a telephone, you know, this directory, and it says, okay, charleswiz.com, that means... Zero, zero, zero. Five, <laughs> 404. <laughs> it means it's this file 195-63-521-21, and... Okay, that's what that person wants, and that is the uh, domain name service. And you need to pay to have that name associated, and yeah, then you you choose. You you can associate whatever file you want. You of course in our, each, each of our cases that we just mentioned, we associate it with the file, which is our main web page, and then within that we have links to uh, the other files that might be hosted on that site. So when you're doing setting up your own page, you've got the hosting, which is paying someone to store your stuff and give people access to it. And then you need, or you probably want, the domain name so that it's easy for people to remember where to go rather so they don't have to write down the string of numbers. Uh, they have something that's very easily rememberable. Apple.com. CharlesWiz.com, TonySensei.net. I need to add this. My brother owns the the domain name Wiz.com, mm. and during the the bubble, he mm. was offered like a significant amount of money to sell his mm. domain name, but they didn't. He said that they didn't offer him enough. Mm. Too bad. That's yes. a nice one, isn't it? Wiz. Yes. Six letters. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, all the short ones. Uh, the short ones are the sure. best. But okay, so what happens is you get this you pay money for somebody to say, "Okay, I'd like to keep my files on your computer." And your computer has access to the world. So people can come into your computer and find the files on the computer. And then I pay but you you basically have to pay for your name every couple of years, right? Yes, it's an annual. It's an annual thing, so, and you can buy it in th three year, five year, ten okay. year. Increments. So then you buy, for example, your name, TonySensei.net, and then you tell this company that's hosting your files, right? Right. That this is the name I'm going to use, and they do all the work behind the scenes for you, and usually connect it up for you. Correct. So you don't have to do any of this work. So, but that's what's happening. So. You have the files on the computer, and actually you can even, this is getting really technical, but for those people who wanted to do this, you could actually have the hosting, your files hosted on that server, and not have a web address and still be able to access files, but that gets really technical. Correct. So you don't probably want to go down that route. Probably not. There's not much reason to. When you've got something like benefits. Dropbox. <laughs> right, again. Yeah, Dropbox just makes it easier. Yeah. So, okay, so we, I think we've got the hosting and the domain name thing kind of figured out, right? Right. The domain name's an address and it... And getting it, the files up there. I think that's, that's pretty much covered. Yeah, and usually getting your file... By the way, if you're trying to make your website and figure out how do you get files up and whatever. A lot of the hosting services will offer different kinds of software for making a website. That's, I think, something to point out, Tony. Mm -hmm. What do you think? Or should we leave that for another day? I, I think we need to leave it for another day. I And I haven't explored an, enough of them, but I've never found one that was satisfactory. I think, yeah, I think making a web page is something for another day. Okay, but so How do you do we'll that? leave that out. But this is if somebody wants to do it, they would make a web page, and it's called the landing page now, isn't it? Isn't that the new term for the home page? Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah, it's I think a landing page or home page. So you make just a basic place where anybody who types in the name you've given your website will come there first. And just make it simple and clean. Make it easy, especially if you're teaching English as a foreign language. You really need to simplify it because looking at websites with in a different language can be daunting, yes, to say the least. Okay, so if you do this, go down this route, Tony, how do you get your files up to your web page? You really want <laughs> I just well. had to say that. I just had to do that. This is after you said, I think we'll talk about websites later. But okay. basically, so, basically... Go ahead, all right. <laughs> Once, once you read the directions, and sometimes they're a little complicated, it really is the same as like Google Drive. It really is clicking somewhere, 
that says upload a file and then look for the file on your computer, browse, click, and then say upload. Yeah, there's different ways to do it. Either you can do it like your host, like for example, wherever it's your hosting company. If you go to the – you're accessing your things. You do this all through a web browser interface. Right. And you can see your files and you see everything that's there. And you can use that web interface to just – just the way like you send a file right now in – or a photo in uh, Facebook – People, almost everybody's done that. You want to send a, you want to just put a photo on your Facebook page. You hit say attach photo, and you hunt for it on your computer. You select it, and then boom, it goes. Basically, it's the same procedure. Uh, what I do uh, is use a completely a separate application, a separate program uh, dedicated to moving files onto and from the internet from a foreign computer a computer somewhere else. Um, it's called FTP. Charles mentioned it early in the show. Um, File Transfer Protocol. And it's a, they're just known as FTP programs. And it makes it, it looks like Charles said, it looks, makes it look like Dropbox. And what you get is just this uh, on your desktop, whichever one you're using, uh, looks like, you know, your stuff on one side their stuff on the other side, and you drag just drag things. it from one side to the other. Yeah, um, it sounds intimidating. You know, file transfer. It's it's not that difficult. Basically, it's 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 the internet post office. Yeah, it's kind of that's really what it is. It's just you're saying, okay, I'm going to take this file and I'm putting it into the mail, and it's going to appear on the other side. Yeah, which, which program do you use, just in case people are interested? Again? I use Transmit. Okay. And my all-time favorite name for uh, application on the Mac is CyberDuck. Yeah, CyberDuck is a good one. And, and CyberDuck like is free. I like the name. <laughs> and CyberDuck is free. Yes. And it works really well. Yeah. And it's got a very cute icon. <laughs> I yeah, know you're just little... Tony's kind of sitting over on yeah. the other side, just kind of gagging at but So anyway, that's the first I'm... time I've ever said that it has a cute icon. Yeah, well, I'll save you here. So FTP uh, for CyberDuck, which is cross-platform, Windows 2, mm. I think. Transmit is also, uh, I, I think. Tra- cross-platform? I think so. On the Windows side, I know that there's a number of free FTP uh, apps online available. One is WinSCP. Another one is Fire FTP, which is uh, associated with Firefox. Uh, FileZilla. FileZilla is the other I one think that's is the associated biggie. with uh, Firefox, but that's I. It's not easy to use. Mm. What do you think? I haven't used it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, um, goes goes simple because all you're really doing is moving files, and unless you have some really high level technical needs, go to the simplest program. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it should for be the, for the Mac. I really, I really like Transmit, but it's not it's not freeing. It's thirty or forty dollars. Yes. And but CyberDuck is pretty sweet. It right. works. It's very yeah, nice. It's really simple. just a matter of moving. Very very simple. Very yeah. nice. And the, the other nice thing, by the way, for people when you're using some of these online programs, for example, if you have your own website and you're using the web accessed interface to get to your website, is it looks the same on every computer. Mm-hmm. So if you have to sometimes use a Windows machine, but at home you're using a Mac or vice versa, it's really nice that it doesn't change. Mm. It looks the same. That makes life a little bit easier, I think. Mm. Okay, so if you wanted to upload to your website, you need a program that will take that file and directly upload it to where you're telling it to go. So you use an FTP transfer program or yeah. app. Okay. Yeah. And there's free things out there. By the way, I just want to mention that if you're trying to find good programs and you want to get reasonably good reviews or you want to find out, for example, what's the best web hosting or what's the best FT program, I think Lifehacker is really one of the best sites for this. Don't you think, Tony? I've never used them to look for software. I like the, the, the I know the Lifehacker site, and I use it for a lot of different things, but I've never used it to check on... Okay. Yeah, on the on the apps, it's good though. You say they're really good. yeah. What they'll do is they'll say we think these are the five best, let's say FTP transfer programs, mm-hmm. and then they'll ask the readers to vote. What do you use? Mm-hmm. And so it's nice. But that's lifehacker.com. But it's a pretty amazingly interesting site. Very. It's, it's 
basically, yeah, yeah, it's productivity. And I don't want to go off on, I always go off on Lifehacker because I've read some incredible stuff on there. But it tells, they do stuff on computers and being productive. And just to give you an idea, I really suggest people listen to it, go to that website, is they did a great thing about how to nap. They include that kind of information as well. So anyway, a little very important. For, yeah, yeah. Like why you? What's the difference between taking a ten minute, thirty minute, or ninety minute nap, and how they do different things for you? And so it's a good site for people, and written in a nice style, simple, mm-hmm. easy. Oh well, yeah, very pleasant, very very pleasant. Right. So okay, so we've covered making your own website basically as one means using Dropbox, SugarSync, or Google Drive. And I, I think what we've done is that we talked ourselves into a, a part Corner? three. No, I think we got to we we, we got to make a part three because I think we should talk about at some point, though not today. We can't. We don't have the time uh, to talk about people who want to do a little bit more than just share a file. Um, for example, online quizzes, surveys, hmm. uh, yeah. those kind of things. So uh, you can do those as standalones, and then get on to. What we talked about a little bit about last year, the all-in-one packages. Um, for example, Moodle, which you've worked with and have moved away from, um, and Edmodo, which is an which is another site, which is like another all-in-one package. Now, both Moodle and Edmodo are, uh, provide ways for the teacher to, in a, in a closed system, again, with no Dropbox and no FTP and no web page. Within a closed system, kind of menu-driven kind of system, uh, allow a teacher to provide files for the students, but also receive files and information from the students, which we haven't talked about either. Um, also, to be able to create online quizzes and to gr- automatically grade those quizzes, uh, create and uh, tabulate surveys and so forth. So there's a whole bunch of other stuff there. And we've just kind of like talked about like get, getting files up there, and we haven't really talked yet about uh, uh, and the students getting them down. But we haven't talked about the reverse, right? Students uh, sending us stuff. Mm. Yeah, be so, aware of that. <laughs> but <laughs> we could talk. Those are called, by the way, LMSs, Learning Management Systems, Edmundo, um, Moodle. These are free versions of what maybe some people have used. For example, Blackboard. Right. is what a lot of universities use. But as I would say, why pay for something when you can get it for free? <laughs> right. But we should talk about the pluses and minuses and advantages and disadvantages. But they're right. They're all in one that lets you do several different things through one kind of website. And they have advantages and disadvantages to them. Right? Should we save yep. that for... I think we should I think save, so, it, save it, yeah, because we're we're getting on an hour already. So and nobody wants to listen to us talk for more than an hour. No, they don't, don't do that. <laughs> and <laughs> and then, you know, plus it's, it's a little bit more tech information. Okay. So but I want to just talk about one other thing. It's Go. kind of a little detailed, but one of the things that if you're going to start doing this and putting stuff up on the internet is think through your file naming system very carefully. At the end, at the very beginning. From the beginning, think it through and stick to it. <laughs> because yeah, oh, that that's really very. You, you at the beginning, you you think that it's an option. It's not an option. It's, it's mandatory. not important. I can name my <laughs> files really, anything. It's, oh, it's gonna. It saves you so much headache later on. And because mm-hmm. and why do we know this, Charles? <laughs> I don't know. Because we both screwed up so badly. I mean, oh, and over in my case, over and over. I mean, yeah, I don't think I've been screwed my own up would be the way I describe it. I'd have to probably use stronger language too. <laughs> yeah, about. I mean, my but, you know, back from like you know, 1995, 96, uh, getting you know, starting with you know, like well, how web do you pages name your up. files, then, Tony? What system do you use right now? Um, I don't. A file naming system. I don't have one. I avoid dashes. I, I mean, spaces. Uh, I don't really have them, but I have a very meticulous hierarchical file structure for the web pages. Mm. So it's not that the, the naming of the files isn't important, but where they go is critical for me, for my system. Mm. Okay, so what that means is what for those people who are kind of going, what did he just say? 
uh, making sure hierarchy. that so you've got it's a well it's a, it's a, I think they know what a hierarchy is right. but well, yeah it's a it's a it's it a up. big file and inside that file you've got four major categories of files and then each of those might have well what are your five categories? or six so um, you have one major f- file folder right it's a folder for well it's the stuff. web's website okay and then what it's so huge, Charles. Oh, your site's pretty big, actually. My, it's huge. Okay, but if you were... Let me just Let me interrupt you for a second, Tony. If you were... Your web system, let's say it's for... Um, you want to get materials to students. Let's say it's just readings. How would you organize that? Okay, so what I have is my home folder, which houses the website. Then I have, within that, I have a... ESL EFL folder because it's one of like other thirty things with my photos and you my have vacations stuff on your website too, and right? personal stuff, all kinds of stuff. I have within that I have specific classes, so I have a subcategory there for uh, the classes that use the Impact Issues series of textbooks because for each of those units I have study guides, so it's organized there by book, the Impact Issues, Impact uh, Topics, Impact. Uh, whatever the other third one is, then which each of those they go chapter one through twenty. So do 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 go. I've got ESFL, ESL, EFL. Then within that is a listening folder, and within the listening folder there are uh, listenings, there are tests, there are study guides, there are specific uh, questionnaires about different tasks and events that we do in, in class. So. A student it's, can get through to your stuff just simply by clicking through it kind of in an intuitive way. Right. They don't need to see that. They look at the, look, you go to the web, if you look at that webpage at tonysensei.net, you'll see it's organized by class and by their textbook. And they go to their textbook and then there's all the units. Okay. And they go to the download page, you go to the, uh, the actual, where I have the files for students to download. It's organized by uh, conversation topics, reading classes, listening classes, writing classes. Okay. And, yeah, a really good example is that download page because it's all text and it's just dead simple. There's five categories at the top. You click your category and it takes you to that part of the page. And that's also not that difficult to do. To be able to, it sounds like how do you, you create gotta, that? You gotta, it takes a little thinking. And, but right. it's, it's, it's the fun part too, right? It's the design and to, to really make it try to think about it and do it in a way that's simple and elegant and that makes it difficult to make a mistake. Right. And I'm going to jump ahead to one of our next episodes where we're going to talk about these learning management systems. But you mentioned at the beginning that I had moved on from Moodle. Right. And the reason is that a lot of students said it was difficult to navigate. Mm. And so make your navigation, again, easy. If you're going to go down this route, and I'm not saying my website's done very well either, but you have to spend time with a piece of paper for kind of just drawing it out a little bit, figuring out how to make it easy for your learners to get to it, because it's very true. If it's difficult, they will not go to the website. Right. And they'll start asking you for things, which kind of defeats the purpose Right. And given the fact that 90% of your students probably have smartphones, it's right. really nice in class. I tell my students, get your smartphones out, get to the website, take a look at this article. Yep. You know, I'm training them to that, you know, that it's there. It's right there. You don't even have to print things out anymore. Yep. You've got it on your phone. Let's do the activity. So why would I want somebody to not use that system? So make it simple, make it clean. And we'll talk a little bit more about Moodle versus a personal website, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, and I'll just underscore one other thing that you said that, you know, which is sounds really anti-intuitive, but sitting down starting off with a piece of paper. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, at, for, at the basic design level, you, the only thing that beats a piece of paper is maybe a whiteboard. <laughs> Because it makes it easier to erase. I don't know. Like a stick in the sand is pretty good, too, on the beach. <laughs> well, the beach has its advantages. Advantages especially. Yes, it does. <laughs> right. So plan it out a little bit. Um, think about your files. And 
be consistent. Being consistent is really important, especially if you're going to have students send you files. And this maybe ended real quickly in a simple way to get students to send you files is I think you do the same thing, right? Which is you have a Gmail account, right? I have a Gmail account. I don't use it. Okay. So, I for mean, example, I started a, a, a specific Gmail account that is for only for students to send their assignments. And Gmail is nice because you can use it labels and name things kind of and organize things very easy it has good filters to it and students send me assignments with by attachments so they send their documents let's say when they're giving me homework and again the only thing i'm going to say is make sure you're clear with your students how you're going to do this for example in the subject line always include the class name and if you tell students to include the class name, make sure you write it on the board so that they understand how you want them to write it, especially if you're going to filter. And tell your students how you want them to save their files and name files so that you can go through it. But we can go into more detail later. But I think, again, the key is planning. And there's a lot of information out there on the web about how to do this. And it's not as hard as it seems. And I think we both agree the rewards are worth it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It, 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 do, it does easier. pay off. And it, it, just like you said, you got to plan it out and you'll get totally frustrated because even though you sit and plan this out for three months or six months before you actually implement it, the first time you do it, you're going to find out everything that you did wrong. <laughs> well, not everything, because <laughs> you'll find a whole lot of things you did wrong. You think that you fixed them all in the second year that you do it. You'll find the other things <laughs> that you did wrong. So it takes a little while. I mean, you're really but. The uh, organization, the thinking, and the planning that you do it at, at way up front, it, it just the payoff is huge. Right. The more planning that you do, the more thinking it through, the simplification. And there's nothing wrong with starting off simple. And uh, don't try and build it all at one time. You know, no. take it easy. But build it and put it up and use it. Yeah. Don't wait until you've got it perfectly because it'll never go up. And you know, for some people, maybe I don't know, Tony. What do you think? Do you think edu blogs, edu blogs, is a good recommendation for people to start? It's free. Uh, it's free, and uh, I don't know it, if it's better or the Edmodo thing. I think it's a uh, edu blog is really good for uh, inner more interactivity with the students. Okay, but if you, you're headed in that direction, I think it's really good. Okay. But maybe that's a good way for people to start for free real easily. And Edmodo, too. Okay. And that's – how do you spell Edmodo? E-D-M-O-D-O. -O. Okay. Dot com. Yeah. And that's kind of uh, an online um, site that lets teachers make their own websites, right? Correct. Okay. Well, it's, we'll... It's, a, it's a whole system. It's not just a website. It's a mm. – whole interactive environment where kids can you have you you, you you set up a class for them you give them the link they go to that link they become part of the class they can submit assignments you can create things and we this will it's it's, we'll it's moodle-esque and we'll talk about it needs it needs a whole it needs a whole lot more time. just the same thing like moodle does right where we're talking yeah. about these these whole literally learning environments that are online and available right okay so basically it's not that hard to get your files up but before you do anything, again, Dropbox, Dropbox, Dropbox. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. both. Everybody I know who uses Dropbox loves it. You love it. I love it. Right? Yeah, yeah. And we, and again, we do have uh, some uh, extra coupons, things, numbers. Yeah, whatever they're called so for people if line. they want some more storage. Okay, so and where where would that might that be? That would be at yeah. Uh, what, two, where, how would you contact us? That's right. <laughs> the email you send that email to teachers to teachers talking at gmail dot com. Okay, and in the subject line, write Dropbox, Dropbox. if you want Dropbox, so we Dropbox. know that's what the message is about. Yeah. Okay, so we're two teachers talking dot com. That's right. And on iTunes. Two teachers talking again. There we go. Is there a pattern here? I thought that was a trick question. Man. Yeah. And <laughs> you can Skype us at two teachers talking. <laughs> there we go. Okay. So we got a wrap here, I think. That's it. Talking technical a little bit for people who may want to start getting into this area. Yeah. Well, now I've got a headache. Mm. <laughs> I hope that's uh, 
because of the topic and not because of uh, the person you're talking to. No, it's a, it's a, it's a topic. It's yeah. a, it's a tech. You you get it. You do it, and you do it without thinking. When you have to stop and think about it, you know. It's like people say, if you are you know running and you stop to stop to think about what your legs are doing, you're going to trip and fall. Mm. And that's kind of what I feel like right now. Well, <laughs> again, but at the end, we're trying to explain things, but there's stuff out there that really makes it invisible mm. and is easy to use. And that's one of the secrets is using the good stuff. And the word, the hard part is that you use difficult things and then later find out there's easy stuff out there. <laughs> but again, it's worth the effort. It's worth the effort to be able to have a site where students can access, they can get information, they can send you their assignments. And, um, then you have that record. You always have their assignments. So just in case they lose things, it's really nice at the end of the year. There's a lot of yeah, benefits. A lot and, of the benefits. Kid, and, and the kids are catching up. And actually now, more and more of them, they're, they're actually liking it. Okay. It's actually a motivator. Okay. So let's call it night. This is Charles Wiz. Tony Silva. Two teachers talking. And thank you very much, everybody. And Tony, thank you. Thank you, Charles. Okay. <laughs>